0: Everyone has a story, but not everyone is a storyteller welcome you're listening to otherwise wisdom from the other a variety podcast dedicated to creating space for empowerment of diverse communities living in treaty six territory by sharing stories of our lived experiences otherwise is a member of the alberta podcast network powered by atb my name is moreny care or and on today's episode we continue a discussion about home and belonging in edmonton Enjoy. What I find with some of my friends now, I have a lot of friends that are having children, and I find that a lot of them, their children actually straight up deny Africanness. They say, "I am not African. I am Canadian. I, I am not. I am not African. I am Canadian, mommy." But they would eat all the African food. Like, they would, they, would, they would love themselves some pounded yam and some, you know, a and whatnot. But they, they actually just straight up say, no, I'm not African. And so what is that for, like, do you know how your children, I'm sure you know how your children identify in that sense. And what are your thoughts around these African children that growing up here think it's safer to just call themselves Canadian and completely repress that part of their very obvious identity.
1: For me I find my own children always embrace their Jamaican identity, even though they weren't raised there. They always, if they were given opportunities, they would do papers on Jamaica. Or they always told people they're Jamaican, they're they Jamaican and Canadian. Like they always carried that very strongly. I always taught them about our culture and taught them about family values that I grew up with. And so They know that, you know, when I'm raising them, these are the values I'm bringing in, the ones from Jamaica. And um, that was very clear. And they never had a, I never sensed any issue with them not wanting to claim that. Meeting young people now who may or may not have been born here, but... Who refuse to claim their ancestry as Af- or from wherever in Africa they're from? It, depending on the age, I think they might outgrow that. I think it's an identity crisis. To me, it's an identity crisis that they're going through, and um, it's it's very it's so much easier to just claim Canada because there's so much that they're dealing with every day, every day, every day, every moment of every single day. And so it's easier to do it that way. But I don't think that when they become into adulthood, I think they, as they mature, they'll be able to sort that out a lot better and understand even why they would have that feeling at one point in their life. And I understand it, but I think it's, it's just, it's a tough road for them. It's a very difficult road for them, and I, I. Moment by moment by moment, my kids and I talk about it all the time. It's it's a moment by moment thing, you know, and uh, the, the issues that come up and the jokes that come up and it just it's always in your face, and uh, so they have they develop survival tactics to deal with that.
0: That's Elsa Robinson, a community-engaged visual artist who's been in Edmonton for a little over 33 years.
2: I think uh, identity culture is always fluid. I think that we end up everyone. So anybody that asks that question, where are you from, and/or if you get that from, you know, even your own culture, people not accepting you fully for being a purist in that culture. I think it's they're just trapped in their own mental prison of what that culture is so Jesse was also mentioning that you know that sometimes it's it's not just the people that are maybe attacking you it's yourself if you respond in a way that makes you feel that you're being attacked then maybe you maybe you are still in that mental prison where you can't accept what they're saying for something where they're they might not even be trying to offend you, you know what i mean? They're just they are locked in their own mental prison of understanding of what their culture is or another culture is. You know what i mean? So i think that that's one of the ways that i've learned that nobody's idea of what my identity is can ever shake me because they don't they're not me. As long as i'm comfortable and know who i am, And I'm not locking myself in any prison thinking that I have to be like this to be Chinese or I have to be like this to be Canadian. Then I don't care what they say about me. They can say whatever they want because... That is their own mental prison, you know what I mean? They're putting that box on me, and I'm like, I don't have a box. You can't box me, you know what I mean? So I think that realizing that culture is fluid in that way, there is no box, and applying that non-box to myself has a- allowed me to realize that, you know, there I can... I can do whatever I want and it could be like the most un-Chinese thing or the most un-Canadian thing, but it still is Chinese and it still is Canadian. I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm changing it up. Whatever you, whatever the box is, I'm throwing, I'm, I'm smashing it apart. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's really like that getting over that kind of mentality for me has just allowed me to think about it completely differently.
0: Sean C., filmmaker, artist, community organizer, community advocate, uses film as a platform for empowerment, has lived in Edmonton for about three years now. It's funny, as you're saying that, what I'm thinking is, what is Edmonton culture? What is Canadian culture? So what, like, because in the end, I think when people ask these questions, it would be nice if they were even critical enough to even be thinking in terms of culture. But I don't think they're even digging in that deep to go, oh, this is a culture, this is Canadian culture and you have Jamaican culture because what is Canadian culture and what is Edmonton culture? Like, really, it just ends up being a question of if you're white or you're not. Like, really, I wish it would be deep enough for it to be about culture is what I'm saying. I wish it was deep enough for it to be about culture.
2: I I think it is. I think it is. I think, and it just has to start with you and the people and gathering the people around you that think in a similar way you know it, i mean it, it has to start from there if it doesn't start from there then it's never going to go anywhere right so that that again is that mental prison that we put ourselves through it's like oh you know the system's against us oh you know the, i mean yes for sure people of color are definitely discriminated against against the system like that is absolutely true but the only way that we're going to be able to break that is to mentally empower ourselves to realize that they there is something that we can do to change that you know what i mean like that's the only way like that's the only that's that that's the 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 whole concept of hope right so until we can get to that point where we're like comfortable with ourselves to fight that fight that we need to do but like in the most authentic way then you know then it's gonna come from a good place or else we're just we're doing the same, like we're just attacking the people the same way that people have attacked us you know what i mean
0: I guess I'll wrap up with this unless I have been asking all the questions what questions do you have before I ask
3: my last question I guess it's not a question more of a comment growing up the concept of identity has been it's never it's never been a constant as you grow up and depending on the stage of life you're in there's just fluidity there were stages where I just wanted not to deal with the complexity of being different you can't find that inner peace till you, you, and for me it happened when I moved to a bigger center. I went from a small town to a big city, and I found lots of people like me. I wasn't in the minority, like I wasn't an outlier because there was very little of me. I could see myself everywhere. And that's when some of these concepts of what it means to be, you know, uh, Punjabi really started to set in. Because now it wasn't just one version that my parents brought when they left India. I was now seeing it mainstream. I was subjected to, you know, whole schools where I would go to visit my friends in in big cities where 85% of the population was me. That was an uncomfortable feeling the first the first couple of weeks, like the first couple of times I was around it because I wasn't accustomed to it. And so I think there's there's some of this wanting to fit in, wanting to understand your place in the world. And I think it's a, a bit of human nature where we wanna I don't wanna say conformity, but we just there are times when you just wanna fit in. You don't wanna be different. You don't always wanna have to explain yourself. And I think you know, Sean touched on it. Once you're comfortable with yourself, those challenges start to go away. Because you're not you're not worried about the intention of the person questioning you. You can answer the question in a genuine fashion about who you are because your identity you set for yourself. There is no there is no set identity of what you know a Punjabi will do or what an Asian will do. Because everybody's different. And that's the wonderful thing in this world is you can be you the way you want to. Don't take your cue from somebody else. That's really just the last comment I wanted to make. And
0: that's Jesse Bondi, transplant from British Columbia, facility planner at the Ministry of Health, loves to give back to communities so volunteers wherever he can. episode of otherwise is brought to you by the edmonton community foundation where the award winning well endowed podcast is produced on episode 43 the well endowed podcast hear elizabeth go on a tour of jasper place wellness center Jasper Place Wellness Center is an amazing organization that focuses on five divisions to help strengthen the West Edmonton community, education, housing, health, food, and employment. You're going to hear all about accessing health care with dignity, and I find this an important conversation to listen to. We love the show for that reason. You can subscribe to The Well Endowed Podcast everywhere podcasts can be found, or visit thewellendowedpodcast.com.
1: When we live in a society where where are you from because you look different, you start of does that you know you get this otherness. When I go home, I'm not other or I'm other in a different kind of way than I am other here. Yeah? I think it's just about personhood. That each each individual you have to recognize your personhood. I my person, who I am, claims Canada, who I am claims Jamaica, who I am is a very creative person it doesn't matter which community i live in right who i am maintains certain values it doesn't matter which community i live in now if i'm in jamaica there's certain things that i would would have done or did <laughs> that at the time were kind of like mm, making me kind of otherish in a certain kind of way but my personhood was never questioned i think that is it that's one of the things is that when you're in a situation where you seem to be a minority person your personhood becomes questioned but it takes a lot of growth and a lot of thought and a lot of learning about your own culture of origin and and the culture that you're in understanding the dynamics of the historical development of all there's a lot of stuff that you have to put together to be able to understand your own issues about identity and where you're strong and where you're weak or whatever is going on with you and then proceed from there forward.
0: I really am curious then, how are you othered in Jamaica? How would you describe that? What is the difference between how you're othered in Jamaica versus how you're othered in Edmonton?
1: Well, the thing is that Jamaica is a whole complete society with its own values, its own standards, right? So, okay, for example, Jamaica, okay, I'm trying to think of a good... Okay, 30, 30 years ago, if you're a Rastafarian in Jamaica, you were other. Nowadays, doctors doing operations have dreadlocks and are rastafari. You're not other anymore. It's shifted, right? So, one thing that people need to understand all the time is when you meet someone you're meeting a person you're not meeting some kind of stereotype jamaica is a country it has its own values it has its own standards it has its own class system it has its own racism it has its own everything it's a complete whole structure so you can be othered in, in any society. It doesn't matter whether you look like the people or not. You can be othered. It's just because you're doing something different, then that makes you other. But it doesn't... And it can exclude you. You know, like the Rastafari 30-something years ago. Yeah, it, it excluded them. It also brought down a lot of hardship on them. But, you know, we need to come out of this mindset. It Sometimes I find... Here in Edmonton, people meet me and they say, oh, you're from Jamaica, and I know they're just checking off all kinds of boxes, <laughs> you know, and I don't fit most of those boxes, you know, or even if they say, oh, well, you know, you were raised by a Jamaican mom, oh, we know what they're like, well, ma actually, no, she's not like we're quote-unquote typical Jamaican mom, I wasn't, you know, so there's so many assumptions that people make about all kinds of things and at the end of the day you're just a real person that's that's who you are and you can't meet somebody from Canada a white Canadian and think oh well they weren't raised like how I was raised because you don't know How, how do you know they weren't you know so we're sti- because there is a complete society here, I've taught school here, I've met kids who re- were raised with exactly the same values I was raised with in Jamaica, and I've taught kids who weren't. But then I can go to Jamaica and find those two differences as well. So really at the end of the day, all of this difference and other and blah and blah, it's just like a, it's like a, it's an illusion. It's really an illusion that people perpetuate.
0: Thank you for that. I was wondering—it's not at all similar to the way I'm othered when I go to Nigeria. So it's—I think everything you said applies. And then there's this other layer of sadly superiority. Oh yeah, but
1: everywhere in the
0: world there's that. When I when I go back to Nigeria, some for some reason because I'm coming from Canada, I'm somehow cooler and more knowledgeable or more experienced than everyone. For me, was my
1: family name in Jamaica. That made me more cool. Oh, so who's your dad? So who's your mom? Oh, sure. Come on in.
0: It's a weird... And, yeah, for, for... Yeah, it's very... I have always ascribed it to colonial mentality. Where, for some reason, because you're coming from the UK or Canada or the US, somehow you are just more knowledgeable. Like, this, this... This just gives you this other stamp, right?
2: To continue on that, because I think it's just a good segue to that. Although, even if you... Just to get a little deeper in terms of that identity, even if you have figured it all out, to realize that within that culture itself, there's a lot of work to do is really important. Like, that, I think, is the the next step. Because I think growing up in Canada... Literally, my parents going to Canada was like, "Yeah, bright future. Like things are things are set for us." And that definitely was passed down to me. So, like this superiority of we made it to Canada, you know, it's it's all good now. We're taken care of. Like it's we're we're bet we're better than everybody else. Uh, uh, you know, we're not a third world country. We're not starving, right? So, this concept is completely broken and it's completely false especially when you look at how we've treated our indigenous communities right so like now that it's out and that we are a lot more awakened to this that all systems are false like all systems are broken all systems need healing and repair I think that you know that from an individual level is like where like once you feel that that you have that strength for yourself to identify, you now need to be very critical on what that means and how you are going to make that culture better. Like just because you're Chinese Canadian or whatever you identify, or doesn't mean the. that it's stopped doesn't mean that oh yeah like I know who I am and this is this is it so how are you going to make that culture better you own you to own this up you have to be part of that movement of repair and the, when you say culture now you mean both chinese and canadian yep. exactly and so facing that like there are so, I mean, I mean, we we all know from the Western standpoint that oh yeah, there's like all these like crazy things going on in China, like so backwards. It's so you know like although they're like the next superpower and all this, it's like yeah okay, like I get it, I, I understand. But like there's a lot of fo- finger pointing one way, but there's a lot of non finger pointing at yourself. You know what I'm saying? So like if you are if you are a proud Canadian you should proudly also be helping to make the system that you call your own better. So, the only way for you to identify that is to know what is wrong with it. And one of the huge things, and and what's crazy is also, even myself being an immigrant and being a minority has played into that worsening and erasure of Indigenous cultures here in Canada. Like, we all of color have benefited from the fact that indigenous cultures... We're essentially in cultural genocide you know what i'm saying like that's messed up and that's crazy because as a kid i would have n- i didn't have any idea like my parents did not preach that to me right yeah it's really mind-blowing
0: when you actually realize oh my gosh i am in an ongoing colonization basically yes. like exactly. i am one of them okay i can't really call them them anymore My last question is heritage days how much of your heritage is in heritage days I'm really curious about your thoughts on this this serious
3: question you know, to be honest I haven't gone to heritage <laughs> days in a couple of years no no I, I can't speak to it in the recent in the last two or three years but I think it's more of the f- what you see on television is what you're getting uh, at the Heritage. Days. you're getting the commercialized version because that's not what we're seeing, right? You're seeing, you know, the commercialization of our food. If you're talking about Indian food, the commercialization of our clothes or the jewel, the jewelry, that kind of thing. You're seeing the pieces where they're laying the groundwork for a business they have now outside of Heritage Days, right? So it's a chance to maybe appeal to the mar to people that. Aren't aware, so I think there's a lot of good that comes from Heritage Days. Because for me as one, like there was lots of things I didn't know, particularly about how good certain countries' food really <laughs> was. Because I had a difference. Because I I hadn't been I hadn't been exposed to it, right? So it was uh, as a
0: good food and commercializing business expansion opportunities and good.
3: Food. Yes, I, I mean I mean as a I never really paid much attention to a lot of the stuff that they have from a commercial perspective, but I was really interested in the food. Like the culture, talk getting a chance to talk to, um, especially when you go into to the areas where the, it's being manned by uh, volunteers. So you really get an you can get that cultural experience uh, about and learn a little bit about uh, you know another country. That was what I found really valuable. But from my own perspective, um, what you see at say at the India, if you went in and saw the India, the India heritage. Uh, Her- India Heritage Days, it's all about the predominant majority in India. But outside of India, Punjabis are the predominant folk and you're not you're not necessarily seeing that come through in, in the in, in the Heritage Day festival.
0: Though. Heritage you gonna think I'm picking on them, but I just thought
1: it was a funny question. <laughs> She's like I'm not even gonna try. Okay. Um, okay, my response to Heritage Days is well on, on, a, on a certain level it's a lot of fun you know it's nice to just go around and see all different cultures and certain things. And I actually had the experience of teaching traditional Jamaican dance for about three years here in Edmonton. The kids I taught presented at Heritage Days, and a lot of Jamaicans came to me and thanked me for putting forward our non, non sort of, it's a side of our culture that a lot of people are not aware of, is our, our real, real Jamaican culture, you know? And so that was a really fabulous experience for me. Otherwise, my comment about Heritage Days is that if I could open a social studies textbook here in Edmonton and see the equal respect given to all the cultures that exist in Edmonton, okay, okay, spread it from K to 12, it's all right. But if I could see that for real, then that makes that, that's, what, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, Heritage Days is just an opportunity. It's like a it's like a vent, you know. You just open it and let off that steam and then everything gets shut down again. So it's not it's not real. Multiculturalism in Canada is not real. It's an illusion, it's just a statement. And you can go and eat people's food and watch them dance, and you think you're multicultural. Let's put it in the social studies textbooks and really work with it.
0: This episode is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network that is family to tons of Alberta-made podcasts. Listeners of this show might also like Let's Find Out Podcast, hosted by Chris Chengian-Phillips, who takes curious questions from Edmontonians and finds answers to them in each episode. Learn more or check out the show's episodes. Go to letsfindoutpodcast.com.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a pretty loaded topic You know, because it's, it's kind of one of those Things that's like, the mainstream Isn't ready, or Like, is mainstream ready for More complex ways of approaching Multiculturalism, like, is this Is this all we can do? Like, is this literally all Like, I mean, but sometimes you meet People and you're like, yeah, this is all they can do <laughs> This is literally This is might be even too much for them You know what I mean? So it's it's so hard when you're looking at huge, like, literally, they bring in what, like, like tens of thousands, no, hundreds of thousands of people over that weekend, and it's like how, and if the the majority is all white, you know, I like, I I, I would find that very difficult to to get into those spaces where you're thinking more complex, and that's not that's not anyone's fault, honestly. I mean, it's just a natural. Part hopefully that as there's more integration of minority cultures in the mainstream cultures then those conversations then the cultural sharing gets more and more complex and i you know like I, i would imagine the one in toronto would be quite different than the one in edmonton right and in fact, the one in Edmonton might even be more reflective to a lot more of like the home rooted traditional cultures because you have people literally coming straight off the plane from those countries. Whereas in Toronto, you have those communities that have been here for possibly like one or two generations and they've changed the way that Indian food or Chinese food or any type of Caribbean food has been. You know, accessed right? So, so it, it, it's a it's it's fascinating, and and I think I think us as people of color, we realize that for sure. But then, you know, to explain that to like a mainstream culture, it is it is like I understand why it would just go completely over their head. So I do see a lot of like pros to it, but like Elsa's saying, like there's also a lot of like. You know some some baggage there, but I, I think overall, as long as the city itself is open and and is willing to to integrate and and for the system itself to be, I mean that's where true multiculturalism is going to happen, right? Like when we have more e- equity and and equality when it comes to like city council, like our MLAs. Like the people that are decision makers, you know, once there's more of those diverse voices in there, that's where you're gonna really see it right and and then it will change heritage days you know then that then it'll actually change heritage days. Thank you all so much.
0: I guess we'll just have some finishing words and we'll wrap up. You said something really powerful about indigenous people and the land we're on. I don't want us to just gloss over it so we can finish as well just things that are you talked about just the fact that we need more full authentic representation in literature and in education in where people see us fully knowing just this really commercialized and very uh, tokenized and very one-dimensional ways that we end up showing up and so if we can just round up with just our finishing thoughts around where we find ourselves in Edmonton, things that really are very important to keep thinking about as, as Edmontonians
3: It's just the words, having forums like this, so podcasts like this conversations like we're having here today uh, even, even, even amongst friendship groups, I don't think they happen as often as we'd like them to. Um, being, being mindful of some of the things that we just talked about today, we don't, we don't have these conversations even in our own personal friendship groups to this extent. And I think if you really want to start with change, you've got to control what, what, you, what, what uh, the sphere that you have uh, full influence over. Um, it's only through living that way and being genuine yourself. You can start to reach out to others, right? I mean, we do have to realize that there's a lived experience that we've had. So there's, there's context and more meaning to some of these questions. The, it's an innocuous question between two white males if they ask, Where are you from? It, they might be asking, Are you from Millwoods or are you from the from north of the river? Like, are it you could you be. Are you from ver-
0: Shopper's Drug Mart or are you from Love <laughs> <Blah, blah, blah? laughs> <laughs> exactly a basic yeah. like this. and it's a
3: loaded question <laughs> for visible minorities I think because of the how the frequency and the interpretation we have on that question uh, so and, I
0: think and, and the fact that sometimes not all the time but sometimes people are genuinely Asking you this question to make to make sure they know that you don't belong here, like it's not to to really understand. Okay, how far away does this person? I don't know. I think that there are times, not all the time, that genuinely the the question is intended to figure out if you are Canadian or not, and and what how to then what box to use your words what box to put you in if you're not Canadian which box do you belong in and then what are all the things I can now believe about you sometimes I think that's true sorry to take over your final words there I should have (laughs)
2: shut up. I think one of the things that I can understand that even in my in the Chinese community I've been in conversations where people are saying you know my thought is that integration and inclusion is the way forward and i do think that change has to come from making sure that the other understands the perspective of the person inside and not that you know keeping everything insular is gonna progress anything it's just going to create like an under a deeper understanding for the group itself and a, a further like misinterpreted understanding from the other side. So that's why integration is so important, and, and including others that don't understand um, as part of those conversations. But yeah, I've been that's that's my view. But I've also heard people say, well, you know, we need to elevate our Chinese community to the point where we feel that we're 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 given the respect and we're we're normal in the society before we can help anybody else. So I've heard stuff like that and I and I understand where they come from as well. So there is no perfect solution. And and yeah, it's tough. Like you, you're gonna you know, you're always gonna find different people that have different perspectives on on how we can, you know, get along better. Yeah, I don't know what the the solution is. But I think, I think obviously having and being around people that are like-minded, like everybody is going to have their different thoughts, but there are enough people with the same types of thinking that you can create that ripple effect of what you think is truly going to happen, right? So I don't know. That's kind of what I put my faith in. But yeah, I, I understand that there is no necessarily like I don't think that my perspective is any more you know valid than another person's perspective because they're right like as a minority it's all shit like it's all not it, we're all fighting against we're, we're, we're fighting an uphill battle right so
1: oh I, I there's so much <laughs> I don't know if I have a final word I just think that is maybe maybe what's happening in Edmonton I've been trying to think how to connect it to the rest of the world and uh, we're in post-colonial system. That's that's really where we are. There's a lot of education that has to happen, and there's a lot of growth that has to happen. This colonialism, post-colonialism, established the us-them binary. That is what we're up against in in almost every aspect of life is this us-them binary. Is just for people to realize that that's what it is and to move forward to change that and, and, and change that
0: way of thinking. Thank you. From the four Edmontonians that took over Remedy Cafe, where you are hearing background noise and background music, we thank you for listening to Otherwise. Thank you for listening. This episode was produced by Minister Faust. Kazmega made our theme music. And a special thank you to our guests, Elsa Robinson, Jesse Bondi, and Sean Say. To find out more about this episode, go to otherwiseshow.com. Thank you to our partners, Ribbon Rouge Foundation, Confident Camel, Breath in Poetry, Generation Shift. Our show is generously supported by the Edmonton Heritage Council. Otherwise Show is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB to learn more about our show visit otherwiseshow.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at otherwise underscore show to stay in touch if you like our show please share review on apple Podcasts, google stitcher spotify or wherever you get your podcasts ratings are a surefire way to get us heard finally keep in mind how we share stories is as important as who shares them